0: Sometimes we think that we know ourselves better than maybe a coach or something because they don't know what's going on in the inside. But I think it's good that they see what's going on the outside so they bring up new different ways of coaching us.
1: I asked you people who did well in the races last weekend because I know that other people would benefit from each and every one, okay? So I asked them to share their top two Good and bad things that they've learned during training for that particular race and actually during the race. All right, let's get started. Let me see. So, Selma just started cycling last year. And one of her first scary ones that she did was Big Bear. And she was really scared about that because of the high elevation. Now she's training for Alaska Man. So, uh, she selected uh, a hard, hard full Iron Man as the first full Iron Man it's Alaska man. One of her training includes doing the Mulholland. So the Mulholland, she did that 70, about 70 miles. And I, how, what's the elevation gain, Selma?
2: For Mulholland? Yeah. It was uh, like 74,000 or 75,000 feet. 7,400 feet elevation mm-hmm. gain. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she placed first among, among all females. And how many females, Selma?
2: Uh, I don't remember. Maybe like
1: 17 or 11. Okay. And then there's 20 uh, people and she placed nine out of 20. So she passed several guys too. So go ahead, Selma, share what's the top two good and bad things that you've learned on this Mulholland, which is a cycling about 70 miles.
2: Oh, yeah. So for Mulholland, uh, the two bad things was I uh, realized that I I was holding myself back a lot because I really didn't think I could do it. So I didn't really push because I thought I was going to get injured if I did it anyways. And then the second bad thing I learned was that I have low self-esteem. So I'm like holding myself back from my own goals, I think. Uh, And then the good thing I learned is that I'm capable of doing a lot more than I think I am capable of doing. And then the second thing that I learned was that um, I'm actually a pretty good athlete, given that I'm following your training. So when you tell me, yes, you can do this, we've trained for it, I don't have to just keep thinking, no, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just to share you before the week before that she was actually she was scared about it and she was not sure should I go should I not I have not been training because she you know like I said every day is not perfect right so she has missed some workouts especially the weekend before because of family matters right Selma
2: yeah family was visiting and you know you don't see them a lot so moving on what would you do moving on how can you improve
1: then after what you've learned
2: that's really hard because it's the mental blocks. And I think that's what we've been dealing with over the entire time. Uh, but again, I've, I've been with you for a while. And I know when I first started, I was, I mean, I guess I'm a pretty <laughs> decent cyclist now. Maybe I'm not where I'm definitely not where I want to be. I'm nowhere near as good as where I want to be, but I'm definitely have improved from where I was. And I think that's the hardest thing is just getting past like where you were and, you know, how you see yourself and, um, and just really not holding back, I think is the biggest thing. And that's what I've been hearing in the audible books too, like where they're talking about people with low self-esteem, they don't really go for it. It's kind of like in the champion's mind, they talk about like people that race just to finish and those that are racing to do well, you know, instead of like, you know, setting yourself up for failure and setting yourself up for success. It's even though I'm tired, you know, in the mornings or late at night just to try to stay focused on what the goal ultimately is. That really helps a lot too. Yeah.
1: Thanks Selma. Anyone can relate to what Selma just said? Has anyone experienced the same thing that you guys realize? Oh, I'm better than I thought I was. Good. Yeah. All right. Good. Good. All right. Let's hear from Mike. Michael's been training hard. Okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Michael. He did have some issue with his heart. I believe he was last year, Michael, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like when we were training, I know how particular he is and being very careful of his heart rate. So he raced Orange County full marathon. He yeah. really prepared for this one, even ran the course before, before the actual race. So tell us about what's the top two good and bad things that you've learned during training and during the race, Michael.
0: Well, I know that we did a one-on-one training prior to another race that I was going to do, which was Los Rambler. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going into that race, I twisted my ankle before. So I wasn't really able to perform the way I was supposed to, and I did, and my Garmin wasn't working. So the problem that I had with with Shane was that she wasn't able to read my my stats. Mm-hmm. So it's very important that we input all of our training peak information, uh, so Shane could um, review it and understand everything from our pace to heart rate to threshold to speed, and it's really important that we fill that information in. So, so that's the good thing for me was that I'm a very uh, analytic person, so I like to look at numbers, and it was important for me to to see where I'm at, and for Shang to be able to tell me where I'm at. But then, since I wasn't 100% okay to to run, I decided to stop the one-on-one coaching with okay. Shang, and I just said that I was going to just try to get through Oceanside on my own. Because or I Orange didn't want to take up her time. Yeah. Or
1: Orange County. Orange,
0: Orange County. County. Orange yeah. County. Because I didn't want to take up her time because I knew that I wasn't going to be as dedicated as she wanted me to. Mm-hmm. But I do know that what I learned from her was being disciplined, following her, um, her program, and listening to her input. Because sometimes we think that we know ourselves better than maybe a coach or something because they don't know what's going on in the inside. But I think it's good that they see what's going on the outside. So they bring up new different ways of coaching us. So I think I know that her coaching it was probably one of the best things that oh, ever happened. Nice me. And then I was able to really focus on how I could discipline myself to be able to stick with what I learned in that one month. And um, what I did learn in that one month was my, threshold on how, how high my heart rate could be because I was always worried that I might have a heart attack or yeah. a stroke or, or something where I could cause blood clotting and not having enough um, hydration. So she was able to walk me through that. And that was something that I was always holding back because I didn't want to go farther than I could until I told her that I want a PR in certain races. Um, and actually the good thing too is even before I, I signed up one-on-one, she, she got me to PR my half marathon at um, Surf City, which was great, <laughs> because we were able to do some, some intervals. Good. So, so I think that, you know, those are probably the best things is basically following her coaching and, um, and understanding how she could um, help us get to that next level. And obviously, um, Champion's um, Mind is the best book ever. I, I listened to it. <laughs> and, and actually that is what got me through um this last orange county um marathon
1: isn't it cool yeah, yeah. i still yeah. listen to it it's insane sometimes i memorize it already oh yeah there's yeah. a lot more other good books there right new books right. so um uh, go ahead michael no and then
0: the two other things that were really um that i think were um the worst thing ever was that um I had higher expectations that I wanted for Orange County. Um, I'll be honest. Right now, I'm a very competitive person, and I'm not. Um, I'm not the fastest guy out there, but I am going to try to qualify for Boston and try to do the best that I can to get to that point. Um, so I was overexcited that maybe because I felt so good that I could maybe qualify, but I found out that I just I just didn't have it in me. And I don't think that I I was able to train enough for it. So the worst thing that I did, the first thing I did that was really bad, is that I went out and paced with the, the three thirty people, and um, I've never really ran that fast before. But I was very impressed that I stayed with them pretty much up to mile fourteen, and then basically up to mile nineteen, I started to fade out to an eight point thirty four. Minute mile. And then um, by the time I hit mile 21, I just couldn't even run anymore. I I just lost all my energy and um, I barely made it. And I wanted to try to get sub four, but I got 402, which was two minutes behind. So I was really disappointed in myself. But, um, you know, I was aiming for something crazy. I was aiming for 330. (laughs) So Uh, it was very hard for me to get to that point. And then the other thing is, is that I did change my eating habit before the race. I got invited to two different parties and Mm -hmm. I had a lunch party and a dinner party to go to and I ate a lot of different food and that really messed up my nutrition and my eating. So what I remembered about Champion's Mind is that they keep reminding that if you want to perform to the peak of your ability, you have to have a routine. And if you come out of that routine, you will pay the consequences. Because I did, because I had the strength and I really believe that I could have qualified for Boston yesterday, but I didn't have the nutrition in me. I didn't have the right food. My legs felt really good. My body felt really strong, but then I just ran out of the right nutrition in my body that was preparating myself for a couple days before. It wasn't just of that day, right. so um, I basically was bummed about my nutrition and uh, me trying to go out too fast at the beginning where I should have did um, faster pacing at the end. My split should have been faster, but I did okay. I mean, I'm happy, but I was little. I should have did a lot better.
1: Thank you, Michael. But you know what, Michael? Even though you did not really achieve what you wanted to achieve,
0: mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I'm sure you've always learned something. I mean, during the training, you are very disciplined habits, like you're really pumped up. So, and even like when you following, you know, the 3.30 pace, I'm sure that actually uh, improved your threshold already. So on the next run out, that was a good, very, very good training. And then sometimes, you know, we got to just use what we learn.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's why I'm excited about the next race because, yeah. um, you know, it was so close. It was only 20, it was only four miles. I could run that in my, oh, that just gets me so excited. <laughs> four miles ended up to be from a nine minute, eight minute pace, all the way to a 12 minute pace. That right, is, right. Um, just so.
1: So let's <laughs> sign up again. <laughs> for a
0: right. well, I signed up for Long Beach already. So there you go. I got a Long Beach signed up, so.
1: Okay, cool, cool. Thanks, Michael. Okay. We, we do have Julie here. She ran Boston Marathon two weeks ago, or I think three weeks ago. And then after her time was 3.30, 30 something. And then after the Boston, she ran again, another full marathon for fun, but she got 3.20 much faster finish time. Go ahead, uh, Julie. Please share what you've learned, the two good things and bad things for both marathons since we didn't hear from you since those two that you finished.
3: Yeah, yeah the two good things. I think we trained very well, Shang. I think I was very consistent with uh, the workouts that, and I felt very ready for Boston until probably two weeks before when I hurt my foot and then started having cold symptoms like three days before the weekend, um, just like Selma, uh, you know, you have your doubts and, yeah, and my foot's going to act up. And so I was really bummed about it. And uh, but I think uh, so Shang and I had the call, the pre-race talk. And I thought that was very, very helpful mentally to get me ready. And um, so the good thing with the racing, I think we I executed well with Shang and I planned on a 141 half marathon and i did like 141.02 and uh, i felt very strong i felt very good and i think the the lessons learned there i didn't hydrate i didn't take electrolytes um i underestimated the heartbreak hill maybe again i felt strong after the half i thought for sure i could pr boston and uh, i paid the price for not uh, taking enough electrolytes Uh, I didn't want to stop and waste time in the aid stations. And uh, yeah, it was uh, miserable after the heartbreak hill. It was going to be downhill. And I thought this is where I'm going to gain my time back. And I couldn't get my legs moving. And it started cramping at mile 23. And uh, I just was babying my legs so it doesn't lock up. And I Shang, I showed you the pictures, it was pitiful. Um, I couldn't even keep my head down. I had my head up, like I was like facing the sky, and that was the only way for me to like finish. So I pushed myself to finish, and obviously it slowed down my pace. So our goal was sub 330, and I missed it by 34 seconds. So um anyway, so on our flight home from Boston, that's when I I told my husband, my, brother, or my brother-in-law is running this race next weekend. and I'm going to do it with him because I feel like I've trained enough and I have a sub 330 in me and I want to try it and, and I did. So uh, again, I was just a little frustrated with Boston. I know it's still a pretty strong finish. I'm grateful I was able to finish and uh, not disappoint the support crew that I had with me. Um, but uh, I just feel like uh, I needed that for Tokyo. I needed a sub-330 for Tokyo, and I didn't get it. So, again, le- lessons learned, hydrate, don't underestimate the course. <laughs> and just, I, I think, like Shang said, I, uh, she analyzed my paces, and I think I ran the hills faster than I trained for, so I'm sure my body paid yeah. for it.
1: So I, I we look at the paces when she was running her hill repeats and the distances during the race strategy. Uh, I asked her to actually I said like it's okay to I need you to slow down on the hills and because what he she was running on the hills during training was only nine to nine fifteen minute per mile, but during the actual hills at Boston she was going for eight thirty, and or under eight thirty. Julie, do you know like? What's the total ounce that I we did calculate of how how oh, many ounce that you actually yeah, drank so
3: total? It I, yeah, I totally neglected it. I didn't even think of it. Uh, it was supposed to I was supposed to take twenty four ounces of electrolytes. I took about eight. So <laughs> I only took a third. But luckily I didn't pass out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Good, good. Thank you, Julie. Um any questions from the people who have shared so far? Sharing hey, is Amy. Hi, hey, Amy. Go ahead. Hi. Um, Hi. I don't have any. I don't have any
4: questions. Sure. You want to share? But I wanted to say that when I listen to people talk about the things that they learn, about things that they could do better next time, and this is true of myself that I have that you have to trust yourself in your training and your business
1: that's the easy part yep thank you a- thank you Amy is there anyone who can relate to those people who have shared so far all right I wanted to actually call out Jess and she actually did a hard training over the weekend I believe it's gonna be July if I if I'm correct right Jess July, July. right it's coming up is there anything that you've learned so far because I know we had some issue like recently and then, what did you learn? What did you do over the weekend?
5: Okay, the the first the the thing that I learned is two weeks ago. You know, you, you had me uh, uh, ride for sixty miles for 4,000 4, feet elevation gain. Right. And um, what happened was, I had a uh, around fifty miles. I had a uh, really really painful um, uh, I, I, in my cough. It was right. so painful, but I was still go. I was still able to do another 10 miles. So that really uh, questioned my my fitness. So I thought, oh, shoot, it's just 4,000 feet for 60 miles. I still have 4,000 feet more for another 50 miles, at least 50 miles. So I was on that the, the next day. I was so, in, in a way, I was so depressed I cannot even do it. I was just thinking about that. I'm really fearful about this um, uh, this race that's coming up but you know fear could be our adversary it could be our motivator i always choose it as my motivator so after that one um you know you told me that to to another ride another four uh, five miles uh, five hours this weekend yep. then i as you know my some of my friends were going there to suggested that we go to crystal lake so i told you that can i go to crystal lake and you told me you can go but if you feel any pain Come back right away. So at at that time, I was still very uh, cautious of what I was doing. So the first few miles, this is my first time to go. And the other thing, the other thing that I also uh, my my problem was my uh, nutrition at that time. Um, You keep telling me your nutrition is low, but I was in my mind, so everything I'm doing is correct because it helped me during the other races that I have. So now I I tried to change that one because of what happened because of the the, the sharp pain that, it, that happened in my cuff. So that's Sunday first few probably 5 miles. I was really cautious going up to Crystal Lake I was really cautious. It was it was brutal though. <laughs> it was it was really really brutal. There were six of us climbing. But after the 5th mile I said maybe I can push this, uh, push this because I didn't feel any pain. So I was, at that time I was feeling good. I was on point of my nutrition, I have my computer uh, beep uh, every 15 minutes so that I can drink. And every hour, it began to tell me that I need to get some gel. I need to have some gel. So every 15 minutes, I have to drink Gatorade, uh, four, 500 ml of Gatorade going up. And it was, I thought I, I told them, because those guys who were climbing, they have climbing a lot of time. So I told them, please don't leave me. Whenever they just just be patient with me because I I thought I don't have the power but the thing was I was even the second one who was oh, reached the the top so I was they were saying wait well, you're using a TT bike but you still you still beat us <laughs> so the I sometimes I we underestimate our also our abilities and again as I'm saying fear could be our uh, a friend, or it can be our foe. So we just have to make. I have to make a sphere as my my motivating factor because it's really really hard. um UK is really hard. It's eight thousand more than eight thousand feet elevation gain. So I know I still have a double century that I need ju- by June. I was thinking, mm-hmm. about my coach is so crazy. Why he want She wants <laughs> me to do this. <laughs> And a good thing that uh, Israel, one of my friends also he said, there will be five of us actually, coach, who will be riding. Okay, great. So, you know, I get, just keep telling them that, you know, just don't leave me. But he said, awesome. no, you will be the one to leave, to leave us.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. That's good. Anyone else who wants to share? Thank you very much, Jez.
5: You're welcome, coach.
1: Okay. I did call in Claudia, but... So uh, Claudia messaged me of the two things that she learned. So Claudia did the double century uh, ride. It was Saturday. Yeah, it was Saturday. It was 15,000 feet elevation gain. It was the Borrego double century. So it's in San Diego. It's the same ride wherein I posted in the group wherein my bike was flying. And so it was 15,000 feet elevation gain. And she messaged me of what she had learned. Two good things. She said that your workouts build a lot of mental strength really needed when riding a double century solo adjusted to tough times. So she did a lot of mantras during the ride. And then she also said that my nutrition and hydration worked fine, not cramping or bonking. So she felt strong. She was riding solo, especially because she didn't really know many people there. So she did the ride. The two bad hooky mistakes that she did was that she was wearing the wrong bike shorts, that she ended up actually having to change it at mile 11, and she ended up wearing something more of something for cold weather. So it was still hot at the time, but she was actually wearing long pants already. So that's one. The other one is that she had an operating, uh, operational issue with the bike light, And she did not have a backup bike light. So 200 miles with 15,000 feet elevation gain, that's considered as very difficult ride, especially that particular ride that I'm telling, I was tell you guys, the Brego. And what had happened was that she didn't really test it, the bike light that she had. And then during, I believe what she told me today was, it was during downhill that it just, it was pitch black. And she did not have, backup bike light so that was very dangerous and i was happy that that she's safe and so i know albert is is here i know he had done double century ride i had done several double century 300 and 400 miles so one of the things that i've done there is that i would have a headlamp and front front lights there was one time when I, i did the 300 mile grand tour and what happened was that my front light in Malibu, so it was Malibu Pacific, that PCH, so you know there's rollers there, so what had happened then, my front light turned off, and it's pitch dark in PCH. The good part, even though it was downhill, I had my headlamp, so that covered it, but just imagine if you don't have a spare, and suddenly it's just pitch black, then it's really a safety issue. Okay, so that's uh, Claudia. Unfortunately, we can't have her tonight, and she's training for Ultraman, which is Ultraman Florida, which is uh, beyond the distance of Ironman, and it's also by qualification. All right. Okay, so I'm gonna add uh, one of the things that I think uh, Michael mentioned. Okay, so so she he said he said about the the pacing, right? He he did so well in the pacing. He trained hard, but the one that he didn't really you know like pay attention much is the nutrition is that right michael okay so so i did post one of the videos in facebook and i mentioned that in order to have high performance if you really want to execute a very good race is that pay attention and this one this one is my this is what i've thought of especially as an athlete and as a coach and then by coaching different outfits is five things. Okay. One is definitely your training, okay? So you want to complete your training, like whether it's training peaks or you're following another coach plans. And then the next thing is that completing that training, but not at high quality, wherein you're not being mindful or not being present, or you're just doing it because a coach said so, okay? So then it doesn't really mean that you're going to get the result that you want. I know Michael was really training hard. Okay, and I'm sure Michael also did his nutrition, but something had happened the days before. (laughs) So the other one that I want to point out is the nutrition, especially the athletes who actually are aiming for like time goal, like finishing time goal. Those are the ones that I really like work it out like to the tiny little details, and like for example, that would be like Mark, who actually did well in LA Marathon. He got three thirty. 30 something from 440 what we did there is that we did several practice races we did i think like three three before or two or three because he had so much time in his you know he had so much time but on all those practice races we were not just practicing the actual race day but we were practicing practicing the entire week like So I would be uh, talking to him, like, what did you eat the day before or the dinner? And since he's very particular with what he eats and he does his MyFitnessPal, it's easy for him to actually tell me that. So nutrition is very important. Pay attention to that. Next thing is the uh, injury prevention, anything that's, that's problematic during training. If you think that you're having a problem with your ankle, or your calf during the training that needs to be addressed like during training because if that's not addressed and it's still there most likely it's going to happen during the race okay next thing is the um race strategy okay race strategy it's not just you know looking at the course right like if you're you have your you have your training you're doing your own training race strategy is actually comparing what you expect during the race, and making sure that you're actually executing that during training. Race strategy is also comparing, like for example, uh, Julie mentioned about, you know, um, the hills, the hills at the end of Boston Marathon. Now, during our race strategy, I had to mention to her, she did those hills already during training, and these are your paces, these are your cadence, your heart rate. So we actually have already some targets for the Boston Marathon. Also at the same time, because if it's like your goal is, you know, it's, you, you have a target time, then you really need to be more particular on what you do like the first half marathon and then the second half, you have to look at what's the worst case and what's the best case, okay? So all those things needs to be considered. Last but not this list, mental fitness and mindset, okay? So let me see. So, yes, Claudia, no. I know you mentioned about uh, mental fitness or your mindset, and that's why I called your name up. I, I shared your message to them. Oh, you thank said you. that uh, the top two good things that you got was mental strength really needed when riding a DC solo. So tell us yes. more about about that. If you can expand that, I think that would help others,
6: please. Yeah, I think a lot of the workouts you give to us are tough, love tough, and then, when you think that you cannot do it, but you do it in training, then it makes you totally stronger. You get bigger confident, you get more confident, you can do it. And you always tell us to do a lot of mantras to tell us to ourselves, you know, you can do this, you're strong, you are about that, you're a feisty fast, you know, I can do it. And I did a lot, I was running by myself, so I have to do a lot of mantras. And every time I was feeling like, Okay, I think I'm tired. I would tell to myself, thanks, that's okay, but I got this, I, I really got this, so I'm gonna do it. Um, so yeah, I think if you focus enough, you know, you really get out of the comfort zone and you really are in the zone, like you always told me, being in the zone, knowing the comfort zone, and I was thinking about it. So it was not easy, but it was actually fun. <laughs> so it was beautiful. Good, good, good.
1: Yeah, and then the thing is that once you actually pass that hurdle, it builds you confidence right yes and yes, then now exactly. while you continue doing that you gain experience right yes absolutely. and then when you gain experience when you actually face that again you tell yourself oh i've gone worse than this yeah absolutely right yeah yeah, absolutely. yeah. yeah. so it just gets better and better but if it's just like the first time that you're doing it it is scary I mean, when I first did the uh, six mile, I mean, me coming from not knowing how to swim and actually qualifying for Ultraman and then going for 10 kilometer swim, I mean, I was scared. But the thing about this one, you know, I know Jess mentioned about his, his you know, he has fear, but I have my own fears. Everyone has their own fears. But we go, if once we go to like so far ahead, like go to like the future, Right. You go to the future and then you compare where you're at right now, of course you're gonna be scared, right? But the thing about it, what you wanna remind yourself is that you have time to train. Like for example, like Claudia's thinking about Ultraman Florida, that will be next year. But then of course, if you think about it, like, oh shit, I can't do it. But it's it's good to know where you wanna go, right? When you're scared, it's good to know too, that you're scared, now you gotta get to work. But then don't stay to that fear too much. Instead get to work, right? And focus on that day today. Focus on that day today. Because anything in the future you cannot control. All you can control is just today. Like just for example, for me, I'm going for a big goal this year. And you know, I have so many things to do, especially on Mondays, the busiest day. And then, you know, but you know what? I have my morning routine. I get my run up and I'm happy about it, I still have to swim tonight and I'm happy about it, so I'm doing my best, right? So with you guys, I know it gets hard, especially when you're busy, I know that, and I can feel I get, I get messages here and there, but let me tell you something, I want you to enjoy triathlon, right? Or your training, whatever you're training right now, and actually see this one, all these challenges that you're getting, See this more of as a growth right if you get this challenge you tell yourself oh wow this is something new it's making me uncomfortable but you know what i'm going to find ways to learn what i can do because whatever i can do I, once i find ways and once i actually solve this problem i can be better tomorrow and then you can use that
6: same thing again okay good i think you have to learn to get comfortable with the uncomfortable yes that's what you have to do so
1: that is true and then you want to learn how to be comfortable to the not comfortable zone as much as possible during training okay i'm just going to quickly share to you guys one of the things that i was afraid before of course because of safety that's one of the things is actually cycling when it's raining i mean who who does that right Only ultra people does that. So, so, you know, whenever it rains in California, I don't train outside because, you know, I'm scared. But then, you know, what I didn't expect is that when I did sign up for uh, Double Anvil, Virginia, which is the double Ironman in Virginia, guess what? It was on the race. It had thunderstorm. It was strong wind. Everything's flying. The timer was like, yeah, it wasn't working, Right. But then I had the race and I had no experience of actually how to ride like in pitch black and also raining. So I was scared and I wasn't really prepared. So, so but if I had done my homework beforehand and actually find out, well, what kind of weather conditions I'm going to be expecting during the race, right? And actually train that during the race, then I would have been better. At least I would be mentally prepared, emotionally prepared. Because the thing, when when it was actually raining and there was thunderstorm, guess what? I was trembling with my hands. And I cannot even clip and clip my bike because I was so scared. All right? Is that good? Did you guys learn something? I hope. I hope it helped you guys out this week. Okay? Good. All right. Have a good
6: week, everyone. It's good seeing you all. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thanks, bye. everyone, for sharing. Thanks, bye. bye. Okay. Bye. Bye.